Hi, y'all. Wanted to put a content warning up top for the last series we cover on this episode, Assorted Entanglements, for mentions of murder, suicide, and domestic violence. If you want to skip that section, uh, there will be timestamps in the show notes for you to uh, move to the next section. Thanks. listening to Radio Manga, the manga podcast that is literally a filler episode. I am your host, Matt Marcus, and with me is... Sybil Arnett. Hello. Yeah, so uh, it turns out that uh, we ran out of backlogged episodes uh, for Lightning Strikes Thrice, uh, so instead of having a dead uh, release date where we wouldn't have anything for on the feed for a month, you know, it turns out... I read a lot of manga, Sybil reads a lot of manga, and uh, we've never really talked about manga on any of our other shows other than just in reference to the other shows that we watch, you know, on Boku No Stop and whatnot. Occasionally so we to... try and we get yeah. uh, yelled at by other hosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we just figured, what the hell? Let's uh, let's just talk about uh, a few things that we've been reading and our thoughts on it. And uh, yeah, let's just see what happens. Uh, so, Sybil, which uh, series do you want to start with? So. I decided that I was going to overthink this like every one uh-huh. of these shows that we do. And uh-huh. I figured I'd go with something popular that mm-hmm. uh, I had come to very late. Something that is definitely a little underground. And then just as one last touch, something that is very much up my alley. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kick off with I have started reading, thanks to these lovely new editions, one Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, I So I made a prior attempt at this when it was first being published in English in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. But I'm definitely past the point now where I know any spoilers. Like, I'm meeting characters I've never seen before. Okay. And I think I only saw some of the stuff from osmosis over the years also i suppose i should ask how much should we implement some kind of discussion where if you don't want spoilers you can just put a clamp down on hey no details less details please yeah i i would say like mm, it it really depends on if it's like an old series or i'm not gonna go too into depth but i feel like we should probably get that on the table now if the other Mm -hmm. host is curious about reading hey spare me spare me everything yeah i would say say light on spoilers uh like you yeah, can ref- I'm not maybe gonna... vaguely reference thing but like like i don't know like don't say who the killer is or whatever you yeah know what I mean? deaths etc i'll yeah. i'll mention the meme chapter because it's like chapter four but otherwise yeah yeah because i i think otherwise yeah it's hard to talk about some series without referencing spoilers at all you know my whole thing with how do we relationship? <laughs> like, exactly. There's just yeah. so much you, so much I would talk about if people knew about what happens in in volume four, and I think that's a major spoiler. Would be considered a major spoiler for most yes. people. So yeah, I'd say like you could talk around some things, but yeah, obviously no. We're, yeah, we're not I, doing, I figure. Yeah, I'll be vague in places. Yeah, yeah, and I and to be honest, like it's obviously more 
sensitive with stuff that's ongoing versus stuff that's finished. Yeah. Or older. So uh, Full Metal is kind of a fascinating series because I tried it once before. Like I said, it was a much... This was when it was coming out at a very Mm -hmm. slow pace. It was originally... The current editions I have are 1.5 of the hmm. old Tonka Bonds. They're, they're a really nice hardcover. Like, every one of them is glossy paper. Uh, it can mm. do full color in places, like on yep. chapter titles or on big events. Uh, it's very good edition. It's got a little gatefold layered artwork on the opening page of each. Mm-hmm. Really nice. But... The thing that's getting me is I had heard, oh yeah, this this series comes off like it's in service of fascism, but no, it's it's very much a critique of mm-hmm. the military of war for and it's interesting that I think there are some bits of it that I read as, oh, this is just Another hack series doing an Iraq criticism because it's the 2000s. <laughs> it's like, no, it's definitely a different thing. It just has a nation of people who were in a desert. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that might have been inspired by real world events, but it's definitely not a big pointed critique of George Bush. <laughs> so, yeah. I like it. The The cast is constantly finding ways to surprise me. It, it really shocked me that, like, I knew... I knew some of this from before. There's the meme mm-hmm. chapter that's been around for 20 years that everybody talks about. It's, it's you still saw, around. It's, it's still, still around. They're making today. Tears of the Kingdom jokes with it. it, it we just saw one with Chainsaw Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... Which I guess is a spoiler for me, because I haven't read the manga at all. Uh, no, it's the first chapter of Chainsaw Man. Like, when she's oh, saying, hey, the... bark for me at the roadside oh, diner. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I completely forgot about that. Yeah, everybody forgets about that. And that's where you either really go, oh, I'm into this, or, oh, I hate that character. I mean, I just know, like, this is a show that's going to do some weird things with characters. So I just got to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no, you haven't been spoiled on anything. Okay, me. good, good, good. Because I'm like, oh, did someone get turned into like a dog demon or some shit? Yeah, no, that's know. that's literally like chapter one or two is. Yeah, no, you're, now you mentioned it. I, like, for me. I, I do remember that now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, I I, I was I, I wasn't thinking metaphorical because the other one yeah. is quite literal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that, but one of the biggest gut punches to me was a thing that. I, it's hard to place out the timing on these. I don't know if this was like a bi-weekly. I, I can't imagine this was a weekly magazine. You only get like five of these chapters per these big editions I have. Mm-hmm. But there is a point where a character dies pretty mm-hmm. early. I think it's like volume two or three of these new ones. So I guess it would be about six originally. and. The character death is tragic. Yeah. There is fallout from the character death. Mm -hmm. The thing that really makes it hurt is that it takes, like, months in series, probably over a year for the reader, before our main cast learn about the death. 
And Ugh. that's where it twists the knife. Yeah. That that's a that's a choice, yeah. It's a very good because like, yeah, yeah. no, it it hurts in the moment, but then it's like yeah, no, of course, of course the cast don't have the knowledge that you, the all-seeing reader, do. It's brutal. And that was one of the first times where it's just like, all right, all right, you got me. Yeah, you know, I always respect a series, especially a long-running one, that will have long sub-arcs or, like, long sort of plot points that sort of hang around. And, like, I get really sick in manga of thing gets mentioned for the first time in the chapter and then the thing comes up in the same chapter and it's like oh hey yeah i had this childhood friend that i this 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 in the same episode oh i just run into that childhood friend for the first time in years like it's very much i thought of it for this chapter <laughs> yeah now it's a thing I, I hate that so much uh and stuff like that where it's like okay there's planning and there's threads and there's thought put into how that would play out like I like that a lot. When that's done well, it's like a sign of a really good series. Full Metal does that well. It's We've been talking about on Boku no Stop, uh, Code Geass, and yep. in a recent recording, we mentioned there's this trend that show has where it will try to foreshadow, but it doesn't really know how to build ground. It will instead mm-hmm. put in a scene at one point and then just come back to that later maybe one episode later maybe five yeah it's because that show is such a like a a shotgun to the face of plot and Mm -hmm. like there's so many things that are constantly happening and you're switching between them with you know not a lot of thought to it or rhythm there's just things happen when they happen and so yeah when they want to come back to something they may have seen it earlier but yeah it's just it feels random and you go oh wait no when you look at it top down yeah it was mentioned before you just forgot about it because a whole bunch of bullshit happened in between yeah and i'll be very quick with this comparison but it's in service of a point i've also been reading uh i'm not through either one piece which is another Mm -hmm. long series that yes and it it does some of this it will introduce things and also one or two times it does just go oh yeah that happened out of nowhere and it's less jarring in that series because it's like, yes, of course, Luffy would only mention this when it's relevant because Luffy is stupid. <laughs> but there's just well, a pull ma- that so many times. They don't do it often, but the yeah. first time they do it is a very good gag there because it would have made me mad if it was any other character but Luffy who was just going, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, no, that that major world shaking player. That's my brother. What? <laughs> just, no one ever asked him. Nobody. He didn't think to bring it up. He wasn't in the room. Uh. But no, there's... uh, Full Metal is very good at... In the middle of another scene, in the middle of another sequence, you will meet a character in passing. You will see Fallout from one event bring another character in. And then we don't have to go to that character for Mm -hmm. 20 chapters but when they come mm-hmm. back, you've seen them before, you got some info, and maybe some things you learned in the meantime gave you context that makes their introduction less jarring. Yep. It's very good. I'm I'm about two-thirds in. I've hit a patch where, because the series is so long-running, especially with printing being still kind of backed up from the pandemic and 
there being a shortage of wood and paper for a while. A lot of long-running series are in physical form doing batch reprints, which means Mm -hmm. a lot of things will just go out of print in a row. So I actually had to order the next volume from Canada and get it shipped (laughs) down to me. And I'm I'm waiting on Uh, that. Okay. Which volume is it? What number? Uh, I'm on 11 out of 18 of the new printings. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little over halfway. Got it. But yeah, uh, 9 through 13, I had to go running around town because that whole brick is out of sale online unless I go to third-party people. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's very funny. Like, being a mostly digital guy, like, I've really only started picking up physical in the last few months. It's definitely very weird. Like, the scarcity thing is not something I'm as familiar with. But it's it's very funny sometimes. Like, the way you, the way you end up consuming manga, like, changes the experience, like, a whole lot. I, I gotta say, like, between digital and physical, but also, like, talking about, like, manga versus, like, webtoons, because I do read a lot of yeah. webcomics. Yeah. That's something I'm trying to break into and reading a few more of. Yeah. The problem is that all the platforms are garbage. Uh, like they're yes. all, they're all microtransaction nightmares and you really have to be like to get anything out of it where you're not paying a lot of money. Uh, you have to be very diligent and then they change the rules all the time. So like it becomes less and less generous as it goes every time. Yeah. There's one I was trying to, Here's another tangent. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a series that was recommended to me. It was Korean, and mm-hmm. apparently there was an official English translation of it up on Tapas at one point. Ah, okay. It no longer seems to be on Tapas at all. But <laughs> that means I now have to go, do I wait and see if that's because a licensor grabbed it? Or do I just go to scan sites and see if they ripped it from Tapas before it was done? Yeah. Chances are they did. Uh, <laughs> Probably. What, uh, what what series? Uh, it is Program Me. I know that one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you'd, yeah. you'd enjoy that one. You would. I suspected it. it was recommended to me highly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> but related to digital, I thought about doing full metal in digital actually Mm -hmm. until it came out that it was going to be on square enix's new manga app which was the first of the ones that launched that was in the really stupid state (laughs) where it was token based and yeah something that was remedied overseas where if you subscribed you could just get the weekly chapters and so many Mm -hmm. over here not only is it dumb about how you can read them, you can't own things, you have to rent it, but also to get it around Apple and their content policies, they changed it up and they ran what is clearly a very dumb machine learning algorithm on it for censorship. Oh, yes, I heard about this. Fullmetal was one of... Full Metal is one of the series that was the most hurt by this because in a lot of cases they would just go, this looks like bare skin, put a sensor bar or something over it. In the case of Full Metal, a series that has a lot of people who are wounded, have artificial limbs, mm-hmm. etc., yeah. et it thinks that stumps and other body parts are things that need censoring. That's hysterical. It's hysterical, but also it 
awful. is probably the single worst way you could read a series like this. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, well, for one thing, the censorship just in general. I mean, look, we we're not the type of people to go, oh, my God, they censored something, you know, pitchforks out like that. When yeah, we, no, the word censorship is, is a bit fucking poisoned, unfortunately. But like like that's that's just like the worst but like i can understand like the volume of stuff they would have to change or have to review is so high like i get why they did that mm-hmm. but at the same time the fact that they had to do it in the first place was dumb but on top of that the results were clearly bad and no one's going to clean it up like they're just no, leaving that's, it as is. yeah it's just gonna be there and so because of that i did wait around and i started picking up these uh they're currently called the full metal editions mm-hmm, i mm-hmm think there's still some paperback omnibuy in print where it's like two in one or three in ones yep so if you want to catch that way but i i like these they're very nice they're very good paper this is absolutely the kind of series where i am going to keep this going forward because they just look so good yeah there's there's a bunch like that i'm not talking about it this week but um yokohama kaidaishi kiko is yes like those those print editions the deluxe editions are very nice they're very large like large format and it's just yeah you know, it benefits a lot from it god yeah i'm speaking of like webcomic stuff like i'm i am very mad that uh legend which is uh like one of the one that focuses on chinese webcomics mostly mm-hmm. and korean there's some korean like on there i basically used like it took like a year plus but I used all free coins, pretty much all free coins to buy and basically own, quote unquote, own chapters of Blooming Sequence, which is one of my favorite, like, Yuri GL webcomics. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the first ones I read and it was, like, it was really good. But I paid for all of them. The first two chapters, though, are always free. So when they pulled it from the site. I don't have access to the first two two chapters. chapters. So I have everything but the first two chapters now. Oh God. (laughs) And uh, it's never been, it's never been released uh, in, in print at all. Uh, So, (laughs) well, what can you do? Great. It's, it's awesome. As in it's terrible. But anyway, yeah, the funny thing is also like another one that I really like. um, Soulmate has a French physical release, but not English yet. Even though it's free, it's on Tapa, Tapa, so France, the whole thing. France has so yeah. much more than us. And that's one of those things that until people I knew started like really covering comics and looking at it from an actual journalistic mm-hmm. standpoint, back in the Comics Alliance days, rest in peace to a wonderful site. Uh, that was when I learned a lot about, yeah, no, uh, France is one of the. I think maybe the second biggest market for manga worldwide. Yep. And that was before yep. you had things like the pandemic where they gave an arts credit to any youths and most of it just spent one <laughs> yeah. piece and a bunch of things rocketing to the top of their charts. Yeah, because free money. Uh, yeah. Free money that goes and that, and to manga. manga counted under the arts program that they could use it on. Yeah. Perfect. Makes sense. I support this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let's move on to, to my first pick, which is uh, My Love Story by uh, Kazune Ooh. Kawahara and Aruko. And this is one like I had been meaning to watch the anime for a while because people were like, it's really good. That and, was how I engaged with it. Yeah. 
And, you know, I have enough streaming services for anime. I was like, oh, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have we, fucking three right now. It's yep. Ridiculous. We both pay for three. That was what I was about to ask. Because fucking Lane is stuck in Funimation hell. Yeah. I I know they're going to wind it down eventually, but they haven't yet. Not At least not for that. That's like literally the only series that I have not already watched that is only stuck on that platform. Yep. It's so frustrating. And they're they're slowly porting things off of it to Crunchyroll still, but it's less yeah. fast than you want. Yeah, like Nichi Joe has been over mm. for a while. That was one that I on you my you list. Don't need I know. We, <laughs> I, I watched like three episodes, and I'm like, I want to like it more. Like I respect it more than I like it. If that makes sense. I don't respect it. <laughs> the animation sometimes is really nice. Anyway, so my love story, I started reading it on the Viz app because I signed up for the Viz app as soon as that came out. Because yes. Yeah, I, relationship I also is on there. pay for two manga apps. Uh-huh. I only pay for <sighs> one. I only pay for one right now. And, you know, I had listened to the episode of Manga Splaining about it. It sounded pretty good. And I was running out of things that I really wanted to read that were included on there because they have a lot of stuff. Like my my tastes are pretty narrow. Mm-hmm generally speaking like i have to be convinced to look at something that's kind of outside my usual wheelhouse and this one i get it. I, I picked it up and like it's it's pretty good like the interesting thing is like the the art is a little all over the place for me like mm-hmm. it's not i mean part of that is the joke because the thing that it loves to do the most is to have a reaction face from Takeo, the main guy, like the, the, the big burly lead and have it be so extreme and over the top and overwrought as a, as a punchline for pretty much every joke they do, almost every joke they do. And that works, but even like the stuff in between, it just feels very like, like basic shoujo from 10 years ago, 15 years Mm -hmm. ago. It's just kind of like, like Suna in particular has gotten hit really with the shoujo stick. (laughs) In a lot of ways. Um, yeah. The, the best friend. I mean, the thing I actually like the most about it is Suna's like really sarcastic humor and like an asides because he's just like so over fucking everything. The the whole bit with like Yamato, the, the girlfriend. So if you don't know anything about it, it's basically a, a, a romance story where like a, a big burly dumb guy, a big himbo mm-hmm. is friends with a pretty boy. They're best friends. And you just uh, made me it, realize I did not describe the plot of Full Metal Alchemist or the setting. It I, don't think, I don't think you need to. I mean, I think everyone knows what it is, but no, like, no, just absolutely face planted <laughs> on the first thing we did on this fucking show. We're so, we're so used to not doing I mean, we're also usually if we do like a setup, we usually write notes for this. This is really off the cuff. So, yeah, I've, I'll go a little more into the others. I'll I'll do the FMA one at the end. Yeah, yeah we yeah. can do recap of the series we did. Sure, sure. Yeah, and uh, basically he's used to, like, all of the girls cozying up to him to really get to Suna, because Suna is, like, hot shit, like, like dude's hot and, <laughs> and indifferent, which also attracts people sometimes if you don't really pay attention to anybody. And it turns out that this one girl actually is in love with Takeo, and they get together pretty quickly, even though, like, the dude's dumb as rocks. He, oh, yeah. His, he's got the, like, the... The least emotional intelligence I've seen in a long time. And they use that for the humor, of course. He's the Goku of romance. Yes. Which is funny because Goku also gets married and has kids, but go figure. 
Yeah, you you still somehow <laughs> think that Goku doesn't know what fucking is. Yeah, yeah like is it some kind of training? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we used to grapple and then suddenly I've got Goten. <laughs> and my wife says I can't grapple like this with anybody else. <laughs> Vegeta, Chi Chi showed me this new hole. No, no. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Um, like, it's very sweet that these, like, you have a lot of these two characters that they get together quickly and they're so in love with each other and it's all fluffy and nice. It's a nice little twist that, like, Yamato is not, she doesn't consider herself completely pure. Like, she has. She has physical needs that she wants, although it's not sex because we're not even getting close to that probably in this series at yeah. all. I'm only about 15 chapters in for the record. Like I'm not, there's like 50-something chapters. My love story is something that won me over because it sounds like the kind of will they, won't they plot that drives yeah. a lot of very standard by the numbers shoujo or harem series. And then no, it's like, we're going to get over the initial hump immediately and then the question, which you don't see done often, is, well, what do you do after you start dating? Yeah, especially for people who have not dated before and don't know what that, again, sounding like my favorite series that I won't keep mentioning every time. But like, it's a similar thing, like, or like, what do you do with your friends? Like all of Yamato's friends, like, don't understand why she's into Takeo because he's, he's not conventionally, quote unquote, conventionally yeah. attractive. And then they he wins them over because he's a big himbo who just saves people on instinct. <laughs> you know? Like that's yeah. that's kind of his thing. There was a gender flipped version of that in anime a season or two ago. I can't Oh, think I think of I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the one yeah. where it's just the the big buff lady who's accidentally mm -hmm. saving this idiot who's like a constant clumsy harem protag kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's a good dynamic. I think people are starting to realize that there was a nice gem with my love story and do their own. But it wasn't big enough that you had seven immediate clones of it, like perhaps mm -hmm. another show that had reaction-based artwork, The Spy Family. <laughs> Hi, yeah. buddy daddies. Hi, whatever the hell that spy classroom show was. Hi, etc., etc. Licorice Recoil? Is that on that list? Maybe? I I guess that's there. That is kind of panty and stocking meets spy family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't engaged in that series at all. I probably will at some point watch the anime because people said it's, it's good. Okay. And it's probably just fine. It's okay. I don't know if I'll come back for another season. Mm -hmm. Is it going to come back for another season? Probably. I don't know. It, it did yeah. well. I don't have any excitement going in to make me go. I need more of this. Yeah. It's like, I'll take this as a one. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, like, to be honest, My Love Story is not, like, a series that I feel like I must binge the next chapter. Like, I can, I pretty much read, like, a chapter at a time, and then if I try to start the next one, I go, you know what, I'm good for now. I'm going to come back later. Because it, it, the, the thing that is kind of getting to me is the, the repetitiousness of the gags, because it's pretty much the same gag over and over and over and over and over and over again. They're just in slightly different situations, and they're all cute, and they're all, like you know, light and fluffy and whatever. But like, I feel like that's hard for me to binge as much these days. Like, unless there's like a, like a broader, like hook coming in. Cause like at the end of the day, do I think they're going to still be together at the end? Yeah, absolutely. Like there's no suspense in this whatsoever, 
I guess the suspense is does Takeo learn enough to be, you know, be able to know, you know, communicate properly with Yamato and and can they communicate with each other and get what they want out of each other and that sort of thing, be on the same page. The one thing I really kind of don't like, though, like I'm at the part where you have the older sister whose whole bit is silly as fuck because mm-hmm. she's in love with Takeo. She's Suna's older sister and she's in love with Takeo and can't get over it, which is still weird because she's like, what, five years older than him? Yeah, and that's that's awkward. And then you have this guy, this hanger on from like who's a college um, classmate of hers, Oda, who's hanging around, basically trying to wear her down, <laughs> trying to get her to like, OK, get over this guy so I can date you because I like you and you're not mm-hmm. over this this crush from your childhood. He's in love with somebody else. Get over it. And, it, and like they don't make him a terrible person, but like in a lot of ways you go like, hmm, I'm looking at you with a lot of side eye right now, my guy, because. I, I mean, probably what should happen is that she gets over it and then goes, but I'm still not interested in you because I had nothing to do with you in the first place. I didn't like you as oh, a person yeah. before that. I was, you know, whatever. And then that'd be the end of it. But it, it, they seem to be bringing this guy back a lot in the part that I'm in right now. Yeah, I, I won't say anything, but I know that's not a particularly loved character. No, he kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of a, a bad dude. Like a one of those worst nice guy types, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Steve Urkel, but not as funny. And Steve Urkel yes. sucks. And Steve Urkel already sucks. You know what? I just realized that the I'm wearing her down is not really like the exact line because like I wanted to grab it from like a uh, like a voice. Clip. Family matters. Yeah. Family matters, and it like it just it doesn't quite work well enough for like a soundboard or something. Yeah. No. Uh. God, you just reminded me of the Jaleel White episode of. Eric Andre that just happened a couple of weeks ago. That's Eric an Andre show still going. <laughs> the Eric Andre show just came back for season six. Huh? Yeah, that's another show I've never watched, but probably should. Um, you can also easily do that by just watching select clips of each season. You don't need the whole thing if it's not your style, but yeah, it does have some all timer bits like the Lance Reddick interview. Yeah, I'm. R.I.P. Yep. Uh, yeah. One of no, the th- only there's... people to actually scare Eric on set. <laughs> you know, there's a few of those like anti-humor shows that I've just never gotten around to or sketch shows like that. I've never gotten around to that. I know everyone talks about. It's like Eric Andre show. There's uh, Tim and Eric. There's I think you should leave. Uh, sorry to bother you. Like all sorry of, to like... bother you is a film. So. Oh, wait, that's that's a film. OK. Yes. Maybe I just mixed that one up because it sounds like I think you should. It leave. does sound like one of these names, yes. Yeah, um, like uh, Mr. Big. There's all these shows that like people talk about in terms of humor that I don't have no exposure to or very minimal exposure to. Like Eric Andre show, I've pretty much only seen the uh, Investigate 311. Like that's pretty much literally yes, it. and anything that got turned into a meme. <laughs> The thing is, it's it's one of those 15-minute Adult Swim bits, so a lot of it by volume can be memes. Makes Plus, sense. they got to waterboard 311, and that rules. <laughs> that was the season finale of that year. Nice, nice. Anyway, my love story, uh, it's it's pretty good. Check it out. I don't know if I have much else to say on it. Just it's it's pretty much, it, it's well-loved. It's well-considered. Uh, I just don't know if it's, like, super popular these days, because it's just, it's it's been done for a while. 
You made a comment in the middle of that about how it's not something you want to binge a bunch of chapters at once. Yeah. And I, there are some series I have that with where it's just like, this is very dry. I don't want to do a bunch of it. I can't go through Vinland Saga back to back to back to back. Oof. But, um, yeah. yeah. There are, there's some comedy series that I'm having that with now, and they've put it into print and, like, finally, for the first time, getting it a full collection, Ursa Yatsura. And mm, yeah. having it on the Viz app now, I'm probably going to switch over to digital on that just because it's so, so Long. much. Yeah. Long. But that is a series where I cannot chug through that. I love Rumiko Takahashi, but that series is just complete off-the-wall bonkers nonsense week to week to week, and I can't do 10 chapters of that in a row. There's no mm -hmm. connective tissue, and I don't want there to be connective tissue, but also, you burn out real quick when you see yep. three chapters of Mendo in a row. <laughs> yeah, I guess some of these things you really benefit from giving it a week or two to breathe, you know, as it was originally, or a month in some cases, as mm -hmm. as they were originally releasing. I think that, that one was probably not a monthly comic. Yeah. It was probably bi-weekly or something. Oh, yeah. It's something I didn't say at the top of the show that's like, we're not going to talk scans. Like, it's stuff that isn't officially localized in English yet, unless you read Japanese. I don't. <laughs> uh, working on it, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Just so, so, like, one of the series, the last series I'm going to talk about is ongoing and, like, we just started catching up in English. Uh, so I'm, I'm only going to talk about the stuff that's out officially. I. I generally have a policy of I don't like going to scans just because I know the pipeline for that can be better these days. But also mm -hmm. when I was first learning about those and learning, oh, my God, you can get manga that the man doesn't want you to see. Some of those translations were highly questionable. Even oh, sure. some of the ones right now you have speed suburbs versus certain degrees of people who will throw more craft in and there's still scene drama about who's doing it best and mm -hmm. there's one series right now that i will actually read in scans because it comes out at one a month and it's because it's a series that i've basically done this for for years because there's still probably a decade before it ever comes out in english and that's the jojo lands <laughs> uh fair enough yeah i mean it's a bad habit of mine i mean i buy most of the stuff that i if it comes out anyway yeah. like i do buy it or i try to read it on it's like weird like when i when i cross that line and when i don't but some of it's also like if i'm in some certain fan spaces where that stuff gets passed around and you kind of get exposed to it no matter what uh that's exactly it. Happening. Yeah. yeah it's it's hard to but there's a certain type of anime or manga fan that i kind of hate because oh? <laughs> they <laughs> go on they just if it came out in english and you're the kind of person who's still dropping some fan translation name constantly <laughs> in all discussion of it <laughs> i kind of want to punch you <laughs> it's it's uh... not it's not big. It's just a pet peeve. It's yeah. Well, there's sometimes okay. Sometimes though, 
sometimes the official name is bad. <laughs> there's, I get there's it. A, yeah, yeah. There's, there's this one series that I, I, I'm following. I'm not going to name it, but it just started coming out like earlier this year on the Billy Billy app, mm-hmm. which is like mostly Chinese stuff, uh, manhua. And uh, it had been scanned for a while. And the name, the nickname that they chose for one of the characters was so bad. And it was different than the scan version, but it was also so bad that the translators got bullied into changing it. So now officially they changed the name <laughs> and yeah. like, and they went back and redid a bunch of chapters and it's, it's much better for it to be honest. But then another one just came up where they uh, apparently, so the name of this character in Chinese is, is Faye. Mm-hmm. And apparently the official localizer Googled the name and the first hit was like Phil Jackson. <gasps> and so they named the character Phil. And this is a character who's a little girl. <laughs> so you have a character, little, this little, this little demon child who's calling themselves King Phil. <laughs> and it's hysterical. That, that kind of rules though. <laughs> it rules, but it's terrible. Yeah. No, this is, this is more, I, I, maybe get it if you're used to discussing the series by a Japanese name because it doesn't have an official localization. Okay, yep, sure, whatever. Yep, yep, but yep. I, I'm talking the kind of fan who will still be watching and discussing the series and calling it Boku no Hero Academia. Or <laughs> that, that, that was a person. That was a person. And that then was it was a meme. A lot of people. Yeah, then it was a meme because I remember Weeb Simpsons attacking that as one of their first bits. But that's their. I think that's still their pinned tweet. <laughs> it's still one of the best because we <laughs> all knew that guy for a uh-huh. while. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But the one that really set me off recently was uh, someone doing a whole bit on Chainsaw Man, and it becomes very clear that they have or refuse to acknowledge any of the official releases because they're just throwing out a character's name based on something that's been in no official translation. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, the first time, I just thought it was a cute joke. The third time, I started wanting to slap them because, come <laughs> on, man. Come on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know where you're drawing all the fucking images you're working with from. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Sybil, what's your second pick? Yeah, so I figure I'm going to save a later one for the final bit here. And so instead, I will go with the darker of my three mm-hmm. picks with uh, Ray Taki's Last Gender When We Are Nameless. I was I saw that actually on Bookwalker and I was like, huh. I've not heard of this. Like, no one's talking about that in circles I'm in. That's surprising. What's it about? And I'm like, so, I'm like this could be a lot. <laughs> I gambled on the first volume. I only just got the second. I haven't de-shrink-wrapped it yet. And uh, this is a series that earned its shrink-wrap, let me tell you. It mm. always says a lot when you get a copy of a book from Write Stuff or an online-only retailer, and they are sending you copies that are shrink-wrapped like they were on a store shelf so kids can't get at them. but last gender is at least in the early part of the story that i've seen thus far because it's i think it's only the third volume is just dropped or is about to drop within a month from now in english yeah i think it's in pre-order now yeah 
And so it is about, sort of, a location known as the Bar California in Japan, wherein Mm. different types of people are just allowed to, if they get membership, and it is a members-only club, allowed to just come in and they can do whatever they like with any other consenting member of the patrons. Mm. And so it's kind of summed up as you are introduced when a woman who is getting a divorce from her husband discovers that he was a member and she uses his credentials to come in and is just like, this This is where he's been fucking around on me. And it slowly comes to her realizing through this space and the sort of the deal with the bartender is a little ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Right now they seem to have a I'm just kind of an observer. I'm like the Crypt Keeper, but not horror based sort of Mm -hmm. aloofness. And it's little stories of people and patrons at this bar it's kind of like was that was that series about wine from years ago drops of god and i think bartender there were i think there were two of them but they were basically just like yeah the bartender listens to the story of the patron and decants the perfect drink and then they set him off hopefully on a better path this is kind of that except it's not the bartender is giving you the perfect drink and setting you off. It's maybe you meet someone else in the club who catches your attention. And maybe the next chapter is focusing on them and someone they interact with. And it's slowly building up this cast of regulars. And there's a couple of people who pop in here and there. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is it is very open about a myriad of different identities and presentations and sexualities Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the whole unspoken space of the bar california is if you are into or curious about something or want to portray yourself differently you can do that here Mm -hmm. but also the consent of the other people is key so yeah There's a story early on where there is a trans woman who is just, there's a guy who is interested in her, and he says he's Pan, and the whole bit of her first chapter as the POV character is her partly telling you her backstory, Mm -hmm. and partly just going, God, okay, sure, this guy seems to be into me, and seems to be honest, But I have had so much shit, I don't know that I want to go anywhere near him. If this were an English-based work, this would probably be her going, is this a fucking chaser? Yeah, I was good. That was the word I was thinking of, too. Yeah. And that's the thing. The localization of this has not dropped some of that terminology. It seems to be trying to stick to Mm -hmm. anything that I would have known to be japanese-centric terminology they're not localizing it to change it to something more western like that oh god it's very interesting so far okay there's a i i will bring that up on my last pick because there's a there's a couple of those in my last pick. i'm like huh i've never seen that in a manga on a manga page before 
yeah, no, uh, it's it's yeah. it's very funny as as someone who, you know, reads a lot of of Yuri and, and adjacent LGBT manga. It's so funny. I mean, how how different that light is between those two, like how little identity and also terminology is used, like mm-hmm. countless number of titles where women aren't are having relationships and the word lesbian is never, never mentioned yes. ever. And it's, it's, it's a very Japanese thing for one, but it's, it's fascinating uh, sometimes. And yeah, and I guess that makes localization a challenge uh, in certain situations like that. And I also last year gambled on the series that infamously whiffed that. If you recall that one, uh, I think oh. I turned my childhood friend into a girl. That one, yes, yes, oof. Yeah, I I have the misprint version of volume one. I I don't know the whole events of what went down around that kind of soured me. I haven't picked up volume two. I have debated: do I want to like try and resell the fucked up volume one to some weird collector and get another one to try? Do I just throw the series out? I don't know. Well, if I have not is... heard about the mistranslation. I just I just saw okay. the premise and go, ooh, yikes. <laughs> okay, weird. so this was a pretty infamous event at the time because the premise is that this guy's fr- the titular childhood friend mm-hmm. is uh I think it's on a bet or something. He gets him in drag, and the friend is like I kind of like I kind of like going out in ladies clothes and the translators of the first printing decided that the move was to make this a trans story. Hmm. The series as people who had been reading fan subs at the time were very quick to point out and like actual Japanese speakers did some stuff on this not just that type of weeb that you're thinking of. Yeah. We're going no, they're they're very clearly doing an Odonoko kind of thing. It's just this person is cross-dressing, but they're still using masculine pronouns. It's mm-hmm. just a whole I think this is how I like my presentation, and there's still things to go with over that, but mm-hmm. they there was a large outcry, probably beyond what was needed because certain <laughs> parts of the internet got involved. Yeah. This would have been uh, roughly the time where the people who were really mad about Bridget wanted a win. Oh, God. And so they did. On the one hand, I know that they did. Like, actual people with chops did point out, no, you fucked up this translation, you misrepresented this series, that's not how this is. Mm-hmm. But on the other, it's just like, oh my god, I... There's mm-hmm. really no one I like to root for in this whole debacle. It was such a mess. Yeah, yeah And that, that whole rough. event, I, I haven't gone back for another. I think it's on mm-hmm. volume three or four now, and it's just like... Good like, on you. I, I mean, especially with all that drama, how good of a story would must it be given its premise in general? <laughs> like, usually yeah. the bar is pretty low, or the expectations are not super high. Yeah, I'll be real. I buy some absolute trash <laughs> in the gender-based manga and anime space. 
Mm-hmm. I, even I was put off by everything going on here. That's just like, no, nah, that's my line. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, last gender, though. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's that that puts it on my radar. I, I hadn't brought it up with anyone that I like, you know, read a lot of manga with uh, that would be interested in that. But I like noticed that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of this. And uh, so I'm I'm glad you brought it up and gave it some context. Yeah, you do have to realize, though, you will be seeing like actual straight up various types of fucking and it is barely censored. The only thing yeah. that it does that I've seen in volume one is any peni will be whited out. Mm-hmm. As, so, you know, you're, as you're just tradition. sucking on that white space. <laughs> Suck it on that white space. There you go. You got the uh, title. Yeah. Another one. Uh, oh, wait, no, I was thinking last last record we had a couple of titles. Oh, contenders. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my second pick is number five by Taiyu Matsumoto, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm also reading on the Viz app. So my love story was actually released by uh, Shueisha in Japan. Uh, number five is uh, Shogakukan. And uh, this is, uh, so Taiyo Matsumoto, you probably know him best for Ping Pong, the yes. manga and then the animation, which is really good. Both of those are really good. I, I read those first. Sorry, I finished that first. I started number five before that. So number five is a very psychedelic, superhero story and christopher on manga Splating talked this one up a lot they've covered at least two matsumoto um series already like they covered ping yes. pong and they covered um what was the other one they covered one oh 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 tech on king Crete. yes which, I, which is on my list my short list for next but kept mentioning number five and i saw a physical copy of that in uh one of my local bookstores um politics and prose is a very well-known hmm. bookstore in dc it's actually right by Comet Ping Pong, <laughs> which is of where course. I first, which is where I first saw the ping pong anime because they were playing it on a projector in the background because they actually had ping pong tables yeah. there on brand, yeah. uh, very on brand. Um, so anyway, this got talked up and I, I saw the cover and the, the printing of it's super, super nice. Like it reminds me of like a uh, like more like a more modern one of my modern copies of uh, like Gravity's Rainbow in terms of like the paper quality and, and the mm-hmm. cover. And it's got a nice like the actual number five is in a foil, like a multicolored foil underneath, which is really cool. I actually ended up lending it to my dad, <laughs> so I don't have it on me. But yeah, so I, I picked it up and I'm like a, a couple minds with it because like I think visually it's like. Matsumoto's style is so distinct in that it's both very technically good, but also really fucked up. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's there's bits of it that are just like, that's not a good drawing of a hand or like the, the, the proportions are all off. Everything is a little distorted, but it kind of rules because of that. Like the, the kind of Fujimoto Chainsaw Man style thing. Like, yeah, in some ways like that. But I feel like that is has more coherence in terms of like. Like in terms of like the, 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 I don't know, it's hard to really describe, but like, to me, this is like fun house mirror in a way of like, like okay. if you've ever, if you've ever watched uh, the yellow submarine, it is yes. very much in yellow submarine vibe of like, everything's a little trippy. Things don't make sense. Animals are weird mashups of things. 
I wish I I had a, a a copy I could like to show you a page. I might I might send you a couple. Um, I've actually, I've seen see some of his art over time, so I'm familiar with the style. Yeah, but uh, it's it's very very striking at times and like visually really really fun to look at. Sometimes a little confusing with some of the action bits, although like there's a there's a late battle in it that's like the action is actually really really good but the overall story i'm kind of lukewarm at because it's it's one of those ones that are it's it's psychedelic and it's extremely cryptic in that Mm -hmm. you really don't know what's going on or what people are thinking and people are like matsumoto loves throwing out these lines that sound cool and profound but don't often don't mean anything or like maybe they mean something and they're going over my head i don't know but it just seems like oh man that's so cool is the way it just feels like all the time Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day the story itself ends up falling a little flat and like just to just to set it up so yeah it's a superhero story where we're in a world where a scientist has genetically engineered a group of people to be superhumans and these superhumans basically get turned into uh like a world police and they're trying to create like some type of utopia out of it. And kind there are metal alchemisty there. Yeah. The yeah. state alchemists, dogs uh-huh. of the military. Yeah. But there there's nine of them. And uh number five, they they change like the ranks change over time. Like people retire, people die, people mm-hmm. get promoted. But um, so one of these guys who's number five, who becomes number five, he goes rogue. He's a he's a sharpshooter, is his whole thing. He, he steals, takes this woman from the, the scientist, this guy they call Papa, who like did, created the whole program, mm-hmm. takes one of his women and runs off. And they're sending people after him. And he's like trying to, you know, fight his way against them and sort of get away from them. And that's really the whole story. So it's kind of a bit of a uh, of like um, of a chase story. This sounds and very Ishinomori. It kind of, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. So like, there's always like, okay, who's the next opponent that's going to come up and try to try to take him down? Mm-hmm. How does that go? Like everybody has weird skills and quirks and stuff. Like there's these two twins who are psychic and can make you hallucinate things. There's like a guy who his big thing is he rides a motorcycle. <laughs> that's his thing. He's, he's, he's yeah. a bike. He's a biker stuff like that. There's one guy who like rides like a moose horse hybrid and like wields like machetes and it's all just a vibe is the thing. Like if you're going to check out something and you want to see some cool art and be in like a psychedelic vibe, it's good. I just don't think the resolution of the story is ultimately like that powerful. Cause it's like, it's not even spoiler. said like, Hey, maybe that's a bad plan to make a superhuman, co- make superhuman cops that run the whole world. Maybe that's a bad idea. And it's like, yeah, well, of course it's a bad idea. We know that. <laughs> what does it say about humanity and relationships between people? Like, becomes less of a thing where it's like, oh, yes, this guy, should, these guys can just come into town and just murder an entire town because they're so powerful. Like the military mm-hmm. can't hold up to them. What happens? What do you do about that if one of them goes rogue? Yes. But the art is super cool and it's on the Viz app, so you can read the whole thing for basically nothing. I think it's worth checking out, especially if you like his other stuff. I just don't think it has the same. You're not going to get the same payoff that you got with, say, ping pong. And I'm curious when I check out Tech on Kingcrete if I'm going to feel the same way, because from what I've heard, it's probably closer to number five than Ping Pong was. Ping Pong seems yes, to be like definitely. its own. Yeah, it's like kind of its own thing. Way more mainstream, way more 
obvious on what it's trying to do with its characters. So like, like, like a lukewarm, like check it out, like see if, see if you like it, like read the first few chapters and see if, if that vibe, because it, it basically is that vibe the whole way through. Yeah. I think you've sold me on at least giving this test run. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll drop you some, some, uh, screens of it, like a, a couple of the, like really nice pieces of art, but yeah. And the print version's really, really nice. And I think they're all, they're all released in somewhere. They're just kind of hard to track down. You probably have to order them. Mm-hmm. So, Sybil, what's your third pick? So, for my third, I figured I would go with the most on-brand thing as a uh-huh. tremendous weeb and someone who will like the stupidest gag manga and tremendously dark comedies, Uncle from Another World. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you familiar with this series? I've heard of it. I don't really know anything about it. I just know it's, oh, it's another one of those uh, Isekai series that probably is better than you'd expect. Maybe. So, uh, Uncle from Another World is by an author who simply goes by Hotando Shinderu. uh, Mm -hmm. All one word. uh, But it's published online as a web series. It gets print volumes over here via Yen Press. And the basic conceit is that I think it was 16 to 20 years ago, somewhere the guy in the late 90s goes into a coma Mm -hmm. and we pick up with his nephew in the modern day. I believe it started around 2018 or 19, so a little pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And he is over at the hospital. The entire family has lost a lot of money on keeping this guy alive. They've like whole factions of the family have splintered off and broken up out of hatred over what to do with him. Mm. And they're at, the nephew is actually there to sign the paperwork to pull the plug on him. And then he wakes up and he's just come out of this coma, and it turns out he had an entire isekai fantasy adventure in another world (laughs) off-screen while he was in the coma. But he brought back magic. He knows magic now. (laughs) So it's not actually set in the other world. It is not. I didn't know that. (laughs) we do get to start seeing bits and pieces of his journey through the other world because... As someone who learned magic, he can just cast a spell and basically broadcast his thoughts on a sort of screen. And what you realize is the uncle went over before a lot of the popular isekai tropes or before really Sundere, Yandere, etc. kind of things were really established. So this is a mid-90s otaku, Mm. a Sega otaku, (laughs) who... Who went literally one of the first things he asks is, How's Sega doing when he wakes up? Oh no. And he he <laughs> I'm has sorry, to be my t- guy. Yeah. And this is where you learn that he had this habit that he picked up for his sanity in the other world of whenever he hears something too traumatic, he writes it in a journal and wipes his mind. <laughs> oh boy. And that's how he reacts to the news that Sega no longer makes consoles. So the uncle is an otaku out of time 
who is mm-hmm. just coming back to modern day Japan and learning yeah. about how everything works. Like he's like, holy shit, Amazon can like deliver me things in a day? Drones? Wow, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Cell phones. Cell phones are here and they're like a whole miniature recording setup. My God, the future is now. But also, he can't hold down a job. He had no skills. Yeah. He was like a teenager-ish. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he has become a YouTuber showing off magic. <laughs> and half the people are watching it out of a sort of cringe fascination or going, that's bullshit. This is how you do it. Half of them are enjoying it and egging him on because he can occasionally cast transformation spells and turn into an elf babe or other things. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, do more of that. Oh, God. And then the nephew is living with him because this guy has nowhere to go. And there's a girl who's very into the nephew. The nephew is a modern day otaku neat style dude who is really into isekai stories and wants to know everything uncle did Mm -hmm. and the not quite girlfriend childhood friend is just like really into this dude despite the fact that he's made of red flags so all three of them (laughs) are very busted individuals going through and slowly digging into the uncle's past and in the other world there was this whole cast of characters like the last princess of the ice clan who is basically a shut-in who's afraid of socializing and doesn't want to get a job mm-hmm. and a character that the the nephew just refers to as Sundere elf who's really mm-hmm. obviously into the uncle but he's not familiar with the stereotypes so he's just like yeah this elf fucking hated me and it, it all of this and it's so wild because it plays with that generation gap on these stereotypes in the best mm-hmm. way, while also telling you, hey, the uncle is kind of a monster who is willing to destroy this entire other world to get back. Mm-hmm. I'm at the point where he has basically been going around, it is slowly revealed destroying ancient holy shrines that would unseal the demon beasts and things because he's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Obviously it's an isekai story, even though he doesn't know the tropes. Yeah. And he's trying to go, well, maybe, maybe there's some sealed magic in here that can take me back home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And his current rate of things is he has discovered if a powerful enough being is created and destroyed. It creates some kind of warp in space time. Mm-hmm. So maybe if we make a strong enough horrendous creature and kill it, I can get sucked into the hole that occurs and go home. Mm. He's literally trying yeah. to magically breed like the ultimate demon from hell and then <laughs> Just kill, to it. kill it. Mm-hmm. That's wild. It's it's very good, and part of it is you do have chapters of downtime in the real world, in the modern day, where, like, it's just, the there's that whole generation gap. So the uncle grew up on, and apparently his entire childhood was just Sega consoles. Didn't go outside, mm-hmm. didn't really do anime, missed a lot of this stuff. So, like, 
the chapter where I knew I was going to love it, and I was on board with it, but where it instantly hit me is he is showing some memories to the kids, and it's like, yeah, no, there's, he's giving a speech to, I think it's the elf. It's like, yeah. No, sometimes you have to realize you can turn any circumstance around. Enough trash piled in your way is just something that you can climb over to get to the top. Turn that disadvantage into an opportunity and mm -hmm. make your way forward. And they're just like, wow, uncle, that is amazing. And the elf asked the same thing. Where, where did you learn such wise words? Poyo Poyo strategy guide. <laughs> and she's just like, this must be from this mystic land. He goes, and in the real world, the nephew is just like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. That's the level this operates on. But also, there are just little asides here and there that are very targeted at me. It hits me in mm -hmm. the same way the Neptunia series does, but without the fan service. Mm -hmm. So, like, when he's talking about, oh, yeah, no, uh, uh, you know, Taito just kept destroying the world in the 90s. Someone over there must have really hated life. <laughs> it's become <laughs> a runner that this kid who has never played any of their games is like, Taito, the most nihilistic game company on Earth, just from hearing the titles described. That's funny. The people behind Bubble Bobble. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, the funny thing is, like, I mean, there's just so much Isekai shit right now. Like, it's become, like, it's really overtaken the the entire industry. Oh, yeah. In a way, in a way that's, like, every time you end up seeing one that a series that like does something interesting or, or inventive with it, it's hard to even recommend to people. Cause it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's an, it's an, it's a Kai story. It's, a, um, but yeah, no, that, that sounds like it's playing with the, um, with the conceit in, in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also it has to be said, um, there's a rudder that the uncle just looks, he's like, He's not a handsome man, mm -hmm. but in a fantasy world where everyone is beautiful elves and anime styled characters, yeah, everyone looks at him and thinks he's a half orc. <laughs> and it doesn't help when they draw him like this. Oh, that's yeah. the uncle. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. he's constantly being thrown in jails and things if he's around a city because everyone is just like, this is an orcish spy. Mm hmm. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I might. You said that's Yen Press. Hmm. Yep. Might check that out. Might check that out. If uh, it weren't so, for the fact that the anime was like the first of the cursed wave of COVID productions. I don't. How much do you follow the standard recently airing anime industry? I mean, I've been watching more shows this season than any other uh, just cause it just, I, I watched five shows this season, which is wild. And I know yeah. last, the last couple seasons have been, I mean, I know Automata near Automata is just coming back in July. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And that got delayed a lot. I know G witch got a few weeks delayed. I know birdie wing got pushed an entire season part, uh, the second part. So yeah, no, I, I was, I was aware that some of them got hit hard. I knew a couple of them, like, did the equivalent of posting through it and it didn't go well. So the first one of these that was really a major disaster was uncle from another world because okay. 
First off, Netflix picked it up in the U.S., mm-hmm. but for some reason, they decided they were going to air it two weeks after it aired in Japan. We would get the English weird. version. Very weird choice. And then it seemed like, oh, maybe they got lucky and they thought ahead on this because it had a COVID delay. And they took two weeks off because there was an outbreak among the staff. And they come back and Netflix stops running it through that. But that's good because then there's another COVID break. And this one's longer oh, than no. two weeks. And um, Yeesh. the 13 episodes of that show nearly... 12 or 13, I forget what the final one was. I didn't go back for it for obvious reasons because uh, it nearly took a whole year to get out those episodes. Infuriating. And then Netflix just didn't pick it back up after a certain point and quiet... I think they quietly eventually shoved all of it out when it was long done. That's wild. It was pretty cursed. It was probably one of the biggest failures of a studio on that level. Before the current season where Anaplex collapsed. (laughs) Yeah, that that sounds rough because I was I I remember it getting an anime, but I like it wasn't on my radar at all. So I didn't even know about all that. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, oof, oof. It's it's a good adaptation if you just want to dip in and try it. Just be aware that uh, it will stop with no real no real conclusive nature. And it's probably not getting a second season because of that whole debacle. It comes out so slowly. Yeah, I, I feel like there's so many shows that if you're doing an adaptation like that happens all the time. Like it, it's a miracle that, let's say, like the magical revolution of the oh, is it? Oh, I'm forgetting the full title. Um, Magi Revo. Yeah. Mag- uh, Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady. That's the full title. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that that one, because that's a light novel adaptation, that that ended in a really nice spot. Yuri is My Job, which just ended, did not end in a great spot. <laughs> but it didn't have much. There was no other thing you could do with it. Like, that's where the manga is at that point. Um, yeah. There's no off ramp because it's still going and things are still lingering. I like that series, though. Anyway, yeah, I'll definitely uh, uh, put that on the list of, uh, of at least anime to, to check out because I think. Yeah, at least it's dip for, into the anime. Yeah, yeah. Because like I already have all the all the streaming stuff. Like I don't think Yen Press does any apps or anything. Is it like Not you just have to buy it, right? I am. a. Wi- Let me check their website. Yeah, I don't think so, because there are some that I would. If there was a Yen Press thing, I'd probably get on it just for a couple series. Because, like, yeah, for a lot of um, long-running stuff, it just makes it sense. It says to... you can get their stuff from Bookwalker. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's just buying a digital Yeah, they library. don't have their own platform. But, yeah, it does say yep. there are digital versions of this series. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I, I own a lot of stuff on Bookwalker. <laughs> um, speaking of which, one of the ones I do own that way is uh, my third pick, which is Assorted Entanglements by Mika Nuji. Mm-hmm. That, that is a Yen Press one out of uh, uh, Katakawa in Japan. Uh, the I actually have the um, localization person who's Eleanor Summers, who does the localization on this. And I that's worth mentioning because I will mention some of the things, choices they made uh, in this. So volume two just came out. Uh, volume one came out in like February or March. So it's like a pretty fresh series, 
Um, but it is a it is a Yuri series that is about basically these random groups of relationships, like, you know, pairings and sort of their kind of shenanigans. Uh, like the main couple that they start with is a, a woman named uh, Minami, who is a she's an office lady who she's like a real dirtbag of an office lady. Like, Ooh. you know. She she starts like basically she gets hammered all the time at this isekai at, because she's constantly getting dumped from all the married men that she's dating. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay. She, she's this woman's an absolute disaster. And one night she gets drunk and uh, ends up going home with one of the girls that works at that isekai whose name is Yori, and uh, and they hook up, and then they start a relationship and they move in together and et cetera. It goes from there. Um, mm. That is that is the main couple. And then there's other ones that get brought in. Like there's a Shizuku who is Iori's friend. Uh, like Iori turns out to be a delinquent who like was in a um, she was put in like one of those like not like prison schools, but like basically like, you know, a reform school because she got into some crimes and she made friends with somebody with a girl named uh, Shizuku and they both got out around the same time. Cause they're both like, she's like 18. I, I don't know how old Shizuku is. I think she's a little younger. Mm-hmm. They're both young teenagers. And for the record, Minami is like 28. So like, one of the things is like, what <laughs> are, are the funniest bits in the first volume is like when Minami finds out how old Iori uh, is and she goes like, I think you should leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I don't want to do a crime, um, and but anyway, Minami also has a younger sister Shiori, who is what, what I'm gonna say. One of the worst things about the show is that show the, of the series is that uh, her younger sister is a complete siscon and like the bad kind of siscon, and that's annoying. Uh, but the Yuri Breyer got it. <laughs> yeah, the the thing about this series is that. It can be very funny. The problem is it has a very weird relationship with violence because there's... Jury Breyer. Got it. <laughs> Are you the familiar is... with this character? No, no, no. Spy family. Okay. I, I have not watched that or read any of that yet. Y- yours brother is a very overt siscon and also works for the secret police. So, yes, all the bad kinds of things and violence no fun yeah but the, the thing is the this series doesn't really it it wants to try to do two things at once it wants to have these delinquent girls who have been through really really terrible abuse mm-hmm. and have that be a point of drama like the whole iori shizuku thing is that like shizuku thinks that iori is abandoning her for this other woman even though I don't know if they were technically dating or anything, but they were, they were very close and like they went through some terrible abuse and Shizuku is very uh, like beats the shit out of Yori, like in a bad way a few times for, for trying to leave her. And so there it's supposed to be dramatic and like serious backstory, but then also almost every gag between Minami and Ayori is, Minimi gets mad over something tri- trivial and hits Yori off screen. And then, ah, I wish you wouldn't punch me so much. And it's like, you can't have both. You can't have the, 
this person is violent and that's a funny reaction thing while also having, wow, there's actual serious, like we have these abused, battered women who are also abusing each other. Yeah, that's be that's the thing. not walking that line well. No, and it really isn't. And like, there's one particular scene where like, yeah, it, it tries to, it does both even in the same scene. And it's like, you can't do that. You can't be like, Oh man, like, wow, you must've gotten beaten up really bad. What happened? It's like, Oh no, we just got into a scuffle. You know, it's kind of like family getting into a scuffle, no big deal. And then, and then like the seed ends with like me and me hitting Yori in the back of the head comedically while still seeing the bruises of the, of the previous fight. Like it doesn't make any sense. And like, I, I struggle with it a lot. Cause otherwise like there's a lot to like about it. Like some of the dynamic is a lot of fun. It's, it's pretty like, it's not hentai or or like etchy but it's very horny <laughs> like me and me and yeah. yori have a very sexual relationship they're very turned on by each other and that's kind of nice to see but it's also tied in with this weird like you know like undertone of violence of like oh this uh yeah <laughs> uh, this um domestic violence is funny whereas this domestic violence is not <laughs> which which is really hello confusing. human resources <laughs> exactly like er, yeah er, let me let me let me show you the like I can I can take a screen because I have the book walker up and there, there was another another thing I was going to show you too. Mm-hmm. Like this page is very funny. <laughs> yes, yes, that's incredibly well timed, especially the the heart internally. <laughs> yeah, internally thinking. Forget about it. This is a crime, and then as politely and yanderily as possible, asking, "I'm gonna have to ask you to leave." Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. See, like when it's doing stuff like that, like it's quite good. And then there's like. Sorry, if I had planned this ahead, I would have actually had a picture of it. Anyway, uh, I'll show it to you later. But um, yeah, no worries. Basically, like, yeah, it, it it it's trying to have its cake and eat it, too. And like, it's one thing to say, like. the The thing that rubs me even more the wrong way about it is that. It's not simply that, speaking of Yandere, uh, like Shiori, the younger sister, is also very violent, just like Minami is, but the comedic version of violent. Mm-hmm. And she ends up basically going to school with uh, Shizuku, the other delinquent, and they became, become like the secondary couple that that story focuses on, at least in the early chapters. And And I, like, some of this I understand what it's trying to do. You have these Otherwise, very normal, normie, you know, citizens, you have like, a, you know, an OL and a, and a high school student, and they're kind of dominating in a way. They're kind of like dominating these delinquents who are, you know, rough girls who, you know, get into fights and shit. And isn't that funny? It's kind of like a role reversal, gap moe, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, you can't have that, but also the violence be horrific on when like when the women who are abused get abused by normal people, it's funny. When the normal, when the abused women abuse other people, it's horrific. And you can't like that, that the fact that that line is so drawn clearly is also kind of fucked up. Yeah. The worst part about it is that like when a lot of the, the action, like the actual physical stuff that happens in it happens off panel. And so you never see the, the actual like, hit before the punchline you just see scene chapter one someone said like you know iori says something that's like 
you know, can be taken the wrong way. Next scene, she has she has a bruise on her cheek and goes, I wish you wouldn't hit me like that. You don't see the like the swing or the anything that would have made it actually feel real bad. Mm-hmm. And it does it a couple of times um, where like they'll actually show a hit, but it's doing that to like emphasize that it was a like a bad hit rather than the funny kind. But there's yeah. other times where it tries to do um, it like doesn't want to show action. Like it completely skips like any in-between panel. Like, let me show you one where that was like really clear. Like, so in this scene, you have Shizuku who is putting her foot up in front of Shiori and is trying to scare her off, basically like, like kind of pinning her down. And then in the next panel after that, Shizuku is like holding her ankle and like there's a little line that just says kicked her kicked her leg away pointing at Shiori. Yeah. It's like, why would you do that? Like this is a visual medium. Show the kick. This, this is, is a someone that knows karate who doesn't know how to draw action. Yeah, it's wild because like at the same time, like there is. Let's see if I can find the one that I'm thinking of. And like while you look for that. I can think of series that do gags like this. Uh, once again, calling back to Full Metal Alchemist, it's a regular thing that our main character's mechanic for his mechanical limbs will commonly be joked to beat him to near death every time he breaks one of them out in the field. But also, they portray this not by just quickly doing something like this, they portray it by instantly cutting to chibi versions of them, usually with his soul leaving his body and his brother trying to pull it back down. Yeah, It goes full farce. It doesn't immediately just pause on the aftermath of violence and go, you're supposed to treat this right. Yeah. Well, and like, here's an example, and this is what I'm talking about when when it's trying to be like, okay, the violence is heavy. This is one of the scenes where like, okay, there's a that's Shizuku punching Yori in the face because uh, she just yes. caught up with her, and it's like that actually is a decent bit of action. It's also fucked yeah, up. Yeah, this is not drawn poorly. That's not drawn poorly, but they the majority of the time they skip all that, and I think a lot of that is that when they're trying to be funny, it's not going to show action like that because then it would not come off as funny, supposedly or something. I think that's the mindset. But like I, I found the page I was looking for before, which is the like the weird juxtaposition of the funny and the and the and the bad violence. Oh, like look 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 at this uh, shot. Even so, like, before I zoom in, I know this is brutal just based on the yeah okay yeah yeah. But like look at the like the the punchline of the scene is that like she hits her in the back of the head. <laughs> this woman who just got beat the shit up. Why would you do that? Good God! Yeah, this. This is like if Ranma one half decided after one of the tournament arcs for a fiance mm-hmm. to show that, oops, somebody put a Kane in traction. Better have her in a hospital bed for two weeks. Yeah. Like, Th- it, this is sh- such a weird swerve. It really is. Like, and, and like, even if you're like a little bit more tolerant of like delinquent violence in your, in your manga, like you have to pick a lane and stick with it. Right. If you're trying to do both, it just makes the whole thing feel bad. Cause like, you, you, like I feel bad for Yori because like, she shouldn't be in a relationship with someone who hits her so much. <laughs> there was a series 
that I know you were familiar with because I told you I was reading it and you immediately yep. went, why the fuck were you reading that? Uh-huh. Uh, called Catch These Hands. And it was basically yeah. two ex-delinquent Sukiban girls are grown up now. One of them is trying to go straight after being in, I forget if, I think it's Juvie or something. She gets yeah. out. And the other one, her rival from another gang, is just like a sales girl and yep. she recognizes her and they have a have a sparring match the one is out of shape and so she gets beat handily but it's all very farcical especially yeah. when the stakes of losing are you have to date me now oh yeah yeah that the that problem one is, is oh, it's such a weird weird series I didn't go further with it because, in some ways, it was a tone and a concept I was very interested in, which is, what do you do when you might have been a little hellion and you're trying mm-hmm. to go legit in your adult life and fix your shit, but you don't know how? Gee, I wonder why I would appeal to this concept. Yeah. But the other yeah. is, it constantly wavered between acting like these characters had a past and also just sometimes we punched each other, but now we're secretly in love and have been or had feelings. It's, it's unclear with how far I got. I mean, like, yeah, basically the thing is like the, 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 the one that's got the job, like she had a crush the whole time or developed a crush in the past. Mm -hmm. And like the other one just is completely indifferent. And yeah. like basically the arc of the rest of the series of like, there's only four volumes of it. So it's short. Like it's basically her being like, do I like her back? Uh, I don't know. I don't really feel much of anything. Yeah. If it's more of, <laughs> if it's more of that past volume two, you've kind of lost me. And I think that was why you immediately told me don't read that. It's just boring. It's just yeah. dull. Like it's shockingly dull for the premise. And like, the only other th- series that I feel like reaches a similar level of like, why am I watching these two people not interact with each other? Well, is, um, uh, Adachi and Shimamura. Like mm-hmm. that's a series of like, this is a really good way of showing what it's like when you hang out with someone you can't talk to. And so you just walk together in silence awkwardly for like 20 minutes. It's like that, but yeah. an entire fucking t- 11 volume light novel series that has an anime and a manga adaptation. It's like, why do people? I have a whole rant about that series. I'm not going to get into. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like the thing is, when this when this series hits, when Assorted Entanglements hits, it's funny. Like, it's pretty good. And like, I really like that Iori has the tattoos and the piercings. She doesn't look like a typical manga character. Uh, especially like, you know, for, for women a lot, you don't see a lot of, uh, like she just, it looks, it's a pretty fresh look. The thing with the art though is also like, everyone has this, the, this is like the worst same face I've ever seen in a manga. Every character looks like every other character just with slightly different hair for the most part. And like, there are secondary and tertiary characters that don't get names that just like, Oh, isn't that? No, it's not. That's like the same character with like different, slightly different bangs. It's the same, looks like the same exact person. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like, I kind of like, like, volume two 
changes because it becomes less uh, directly about the they, they bring in another couple which is um heke and uh, shinohara like heke is a uh, manga artist and shinohara is her editor and mm-hmm. the thing is they play an mmo together online and like they're in love with each other each one knows who the other one is online even though they haven't admitted it to each other yet so like both each, each one thinks they're hiding it from the other one but they're not mm-hmm. and so like you have this interesting thing of like they're playing together in the game they have a certain kind of relationship in real life they have a different kind of relationship and they kind of keep that separated and it's and it's you know there's some humor in that and there's none of that weird violent stuff <laughs> happening at all in that subplot yeah but it also just feels kind of random because like you had this whole first volume of these couple of characters like the way they they tie it in is that the the editor is friends with uh, minami from college and that's just they have a they sit down together mm. and have dinner and they're like hey so what's your love like like and it's like well i can't really tell you i'm living with a woman and the other one's like well i'm in love with another woman i guess i can't tell her that and that's just kind of how it goes great great yeah all right so it's it's a weird one. It's a very, very weird one. I'm going to be writing a review on it on volume two for um, Okazu. So keep an eye out for that. But it's, it's a weird one. To, it's a really weird one to recommend because like you have to get over that hurdle. And it's a pretty tall hurdle, but then you can get some enjoyment out of it. And I think volume three is coming out really fast. Um, It's coming out in August, I think. Like they've been releasing it every two months since they announced it or so. And so they're really kind of speed running it. And then also there's like a like the same uh, mangaka's got a like separate like anthology series that she's going to be releasing separately. So like they're doing a whole blitz with uh, with their stuff. Hmm. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see uh, see where that goes. but. Yeah, real, real mixed bag of, of a series. Yeah, when you started, I was gonna go, "Hey, what's the name of that again?" I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab it in the background, and then you kept going. It's like, I think I'll wait a little. <laughs> maybe, maybe there'll be a sale. Yeah, I would. Yeah, if I would say for you, definitely wait for a sale. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait for it gets like marked down a bit, because uh, it's just so strange. Like, yeah. I want to like it more than I do, but then it just kind of keeps doing that. And like, when you find out like the backstory of like, why, like, w- like the delinquent girls, like the, the stuff they went through as kids, like it's fucking horrific. Oh, good. Like in terms of like, I don't, I guess this is a spoiler for volume two, but uh, like Shizuku reads uh, Minami's file or Iori's file and basically says like, yeah, I, I went through a similar thing that you did. And the thing was, um, oh, yeah, you, ha- you had an abusive father who like threatened you and your mother a lot. And then the mother murdered the father, had the kid help her bury the body and then committed suicide. And it's like in a comedy series. <laughs> like. The tone That's, is so strange. That is not. No. Yeah. You just can't just drop something that heavy and be like, haha, funny domestic violence on the side. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's literally, it's never shown. It's just mentioned in text. Like they don't actually, thank God, they don't actually show like them hacking up a body or some shit, but like you can imply. 
Oh, I feel like that's the kind of time you absolutely yada yada over that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's such a weird one. And like, uh, you have a you have adults. Okay. The one thing I was going to mention about the localization though is that this is the first time I've ever seen the terms power bottom and pillow princess used in a manga. <laughs> I Okay, I have seen power bottom used in a manga before, but yeah. I think that was a Baki chapter. Yeah, so, I don't know. let's say especially probably doubly the case for like one focused on women. Yes. That's not really a term. I don't know if that's, that's a term that's used in lesbian uh, circles. <laughs> I feel like a lot less. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I saw that and I went like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit Wait, of a call. I mean, like, Pillow Princess makes sense. And it's like the two are arguing who's going to top that night. Like, that's the joke, which is a better yeah. joke than other jokes. But... But it's like, hey, wait, no, no, I should do this. I'm the top. It's like, you're like, you're a pillow princess. You don't, you can't do shit. <laughs> that that sounds more adversarial than, than the actual scene is. But like, it's just interesting. Like sometimes when you run into a term like that. No, I know. It should, yeah, it's supposed to be catty back and forth sniping. And it kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice that the two have good sexual chemistry. I think that's, that is the plus. The problem is all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think wrapping it up. Uh, so your picks were. Uh, yes, I have got Hiromu Arakawa's Full Metal Alchemist, published by Viz in the U.S. I have Last Gender by Ray Taki, published by Vertical, and Uncle from Another World by Hotando Shideru, published by Yen Press. And my three picks were My Love Story by Kazune Kawahara and Aruko, uh, num- number five by Taiyo Matsumoto. Taiyo Matsumoto. I keep saying Taiyu. It's Taiyo Matsumoto. Look, I've and... garbled the uncle from another world, guys. Like, <laughs> so I just tried. I just realized I mistyped it in my notes when I'm like, I looked it up. I know what it is. Um, and my third pick was Assorted Entanglements by Mika Nuji. Mm-hmm. And that's by Viz, Viz, and Yen Press in that order. Nice. So yeah, that more or less concludes the uh, the inaugural filler episode of Radio Manga. I hope you had fun listening to this and wanted to check out at least one or a couple other of the uh, series that we mentioned here. Um, so do we want to do any plugs? I don't think so for now, yeah. other than the fact that we have a Patreon at pitchdrop.cash, which there will be a teaser for it, but we've we've talked about just doing some more of these sporadically in future that will probably be patron bonuses. Yep. Yep. This one's going to be out on the free feed, at least on LST. It'll be thrown up on the Patreon page and probably end up in the Bocono stop feed. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I think it makes sense as a nice little little bonus. Um, But yeah, uh, for LST listeners, uh, the next episode of Wolf Stride will be in two weeks. Uh, So we'll see you there for that. And otherwise, uh, just, you know, keep flipping that page. Yeah. Yeah. For LST listeners who are hearing this, do you <laughs> notice how I'm the one here? That's because I was the only one here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not even on the show this season. Eh. <laughs> yeah, we had to scramble. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Only-wise? like, 
I was like, oh, like, what could we do? Hey, we were, we've been talking about maybe talking about manga on a podcast someday. Like, let's fuck it. Let's just like, and let me tell you, like, I follow like, I don't know, 30 series right now, like, or 40 series if you count all the, all the web comics. So like, I have a lot I could talk about. And there's of course a ton of stuff that I've finished that I could also talk about, uh, yeah. like, like, I don't know, uh, like still sick. I like imported a, uh, like, a um, a doujinshi like add on epilogue chapter from Japan. And that's a, that's a series I like a lot. That's been over for like a few years. I need you to know, I started paying for an app to sync notes across all of my devices <laughs> solely. So I would stop buying duplicate volumes of manga when I lost track of what I owned. <laughs> that's hilarious. And I need to tell you, I got a second copy of Delicious in Dungeon Volume 12 this week, despite that. Oops. <laughs> yep. I hear that series is good. It is very good. I am a giant fan of it. Yep. Wonderful Anime artwork, coming. good concept. Yeah, Um. I believe it's Trigger going to be doing the anime in the coming yep. year. Yep. Yeah. Maybe fall? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the, the next season is going to be so dead after this last one. Uh, yeah, summer's going to be nothing. I think fall is the next time. I'm just going to use summer this year to catch up on other stuff, unless there's okay. a real gem in the rough. Yeah, I, I think the only one I've, I'm looking forward for in, like, October is, um, well, trepidatiously, because I don't think it's looking very good. It's definitely not going to be as good as Magirevo, but um, uh, I Love the Villainous is coming out in October, and that's a series that I... I'm very involved in that fandom in the, like in their discord. So I, they're excited for it. I'm like, I'm holding out. I'm just hoping it doesn't completely suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. It looks like I have, uh, 21 different things that I'm buying at the moment on and oh, off. Lord. Jeez. <laughs> uh, and that's barring that? me. That's just things that I'm buying physical volumes of. That's not things I'm reading on Viz or Shonen Jump. Yeah. Yep, yep. Man, when is uh, Land of the Luscious 12 coming out? <laughs> uh, that's actually on the spreadsheet. Uh, volume 12 is 822.23. Oh, shit, that's soon. Yes. That's sooner than I thought. That's sooner I, than the Stone Ocean volumes. I'm going to cut this from the show, but uh, uh, are you current with that series? Up to volume 11, yes. Okay. Isn't that fucking weird where it goes those last two volumes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay. The, I yeah. Okay. I stopped at nine while it was on hiatus. I picked up 10 and 11 when they resumed publication. Yep. And I had to go back a volume and go, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. All the all this shit with the redacted and all that nonsense is uh, very uh, unsettling. Yep. God, I was I was dying the other day because uh, there's uh, I was listening to the um, Anifem podcast and they were talking about um, Ace Rep, Ace and Arrow Rep mm -hmm. in um, in anime, and one of them did a shout out to Land of the Lustrous, <laughs> and it's like yeah, shout out to, like like well, they wouldn't talk about it in depth, they were like yeah, shout out to Land of the Lustrous, and I'm just like you have not been keeping up with the manga, have you? No, because <laughs> uh, yikes. <laughs> anyway. Thank you to Noyami K for the intro and outro music for this episode. Yeah. Peace out, y'all. Bye.